What a truth. The Spirit of the Lord is here. Let's pray before we... Father, we thank you that you are here with us. Lord, as we're gathered here in this sanctuary, Lord, we're reminded that we are the living sanctuary and that your Holy Spirit is speaking into our lives, even in this moment. And Father, we pray your will be done in us. And Father, as we have declared today, the Spirit of the Lord is here. And Lord, have your way in us, we pray. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, I just want to share with you one announcement I didn't make this morning. I want to remind you that uh, on uh, Saturday, April 10th, uh, they are having a men's breakfast here at High Street. And uh, we're looking forward to that as a time of renewing, uh, reset, re- reset, restart, re-engage. Um, you know, I believe that if you win the man, you win the family. God has called us as men to be spiritual leaders in our home, and um, God desires to use us in a mighty way. So uh, just put it on your calendar. Make time for it. I know you men, you like to eat, right? <laughs> I know that I do. Uh, but I always enjoy a good breakfast, and I enjoy fellowship. So uh, look forward to that. Well, this morning, if you have your Bibles uh, with you, or if you have your device, your app, uh, you can turn with me to the book of John, John chapter 21. We've been talking about, uh, we've been talking about renewal. Um, I know that in my life, I know that uh, life is full of ups and downs. I know that as a follower of Christ, it's challenging at times uh, for each of us. Uh, we go through valleys. There are times when we have mountaintop experiences. There are times when we're on the plateau. But I'm reminded of some profound truths today. We're going to look at the life of of Peter this morning and his call. Uh, You know, as you get into God's Word this morning, you're going to find, we'll look at the text here in a little bit, but, you know, we find early on in, in the Gospels, that if you go all the way back to the beginning, you'll find that Peter was called. He was called, you know, he was this fisherman, and uh, it was his profession, it was, it's what he did. And, and, uh, but one day on the shore of Galilee, uh, his boat was, was there on the shore, and they were mending their nets, and Jesus came along, and he called them to follow him to be fishers of men, no longer to fish as a profession, but to be fishers of men. So, you know, I mean, I don't know about you, but, you know, when you come to know Jesus Christ, it's, it's, it's kind of an abandonment of yourself. It's, it's setting aside what you desire and what you want. It's giving that up and desiring to follow Jesus. I remember in my life when, when Christ, uh, when I rededicated my life to the Lord, I was studying at University of Cincinnati. Michelle and I were just, uh, we were uh, just young couple, had a little baby boy, a little Chad, and, and uh, I was going to school to be a nurse, and God radically saved me, and I felt a call to preach at an early age, at the age of nine, but I ran from that. But you know, God pursued me, 
and he called me, and we've talked about uh, throughout the series how we are all called. God calls each of us to follow him, to set aside um, our own passions, our own desires, to pursue him. Uh, to be, uh, to be a, a follower of Christ is, uh, is to chase after him, to allow him to make transformation in my life, to, to change me. And in Peter's life, uh, he left the fishing business. And he leaves everything to follow Jesus. And throughout his journey, you'll note throughout the scriptures that he develops this relationship with Jesus. Uh, he, he, we find that there was a sense of loyalty. There was a sense of love there for Jesus. And you know, we know, as we talked about in past, that as, as born-again believers, we can lose our first love. I preached last time out of Revelations chapter 2 um, on the church of Ephesus and how the church, they began well, but you see, they lost their fervency and, and we, we are guilty of it in the church of, of taking the people and saying, hey, you know, uh, we, we, you know, and we, you know, when I got saved, I had what I call Messiah-itis. I, I wanted to save everybody. I wanted to do everything. I wanted to be so involved in the church. But you see, the longer you serve Jesus, you kind of like, you start backing away. And, and I think part of it's because we get burnt out. You see, see, our, our, our call remains the same. Jesus calls us to be followers of him, uh, to pursue him, uh, to be growing in our relationship with Jesus. And, and we find that in the life of Peter, in those three years, he came to develop a sense of loyalty and love for Jesus. And he came, he came to the realization of who Jesus was. As a matter of fact, in Matthew 16, you'll find uh, Jesus asked his disciples, who do the men, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And he, they said, some say, well, you're John the Baptist, and others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And you know, Peter was the one, he, he spoke up and he said, hey, you're the Christ, you're the Son of the living God. And you see, that's something we've got to take personally for each of us. And, and, and we find that, that Jesus gave Peter great confirmation. And he said, I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not overpower it. You see, Peter received some recognition there, and, and he had the promise that God was going to use him. But you see, uh, Peter was often... He was often sidetracked or he, he, was, he was that one that a lot of times put his feet in his mouth. You ever been there? You know, speak up and say, you know, you, you, your mind's on overdrive, you know, and your mouth just spills it out. <laughs> been there, done that. But Jesus, and, and, and Matthew 16, down in verses 21 and 23, from that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised up on the third day. And you know what Peter did? Peter took Jesus aside and he began to rebuke him. He said, God forbid, Lord, God forbid, this shall never happen to you. But Jesus turned to Peter and said to him, Get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block to me, for you're not setting your mind on God's interest, but man's. You see, Peter, Peter tried to rebuke Jesus, 
And you'll find that, that, that Peter was this overconfident. He, he was this man who was so caught up in himself. And, and Jesus warned his disciples that they will all fall away because of him. In Matthew chapter 26, verses uh, 31 through 35, it says, Then Jesus said to them, You will all fall away because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike down the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered. He warned Peter. He warned Peter of the truth that, hey, don't be so haughty, don't be so prideful. That this, this, this Jesus following, this discipleship thing is all about you and me pursuing the heart of God. It's us running after Jesus. It's listening to the Holy Spirit. It's allowing Him to have His way in us. It's allowing that transformation to continually take place. You see, I never arrive fully because I'm simply trusting Jesus. I'm running after Jesus and after the Holy Spirit speaks to me, I allow Him to change me. But you see, we get settled in. We get to be a lot like Peter. Well, I've got this thing all figured out. You're the Christ. You're going to redeem Israel. You're going to set up and be king, and we're going to get to reign with you. And you see, but Jesus warned him in verse 34. He said, Jesus said to him, Truly I say to you that this very night before a cock crows, you shall deny me three times. You see, the Scriptures remind us and if you go into Matthew chapter 26, 69 through 75, and this is just the intro. <laughs> now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard and a certain servant girl came to him and said, you too were with Jesus, the Galilean. But he denied it before them all. I do not know what you're talking about. And when he gone out to the gateway, another servant girl saw him and said uh, to those who were there, this man was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again, he denied it with an oath. I do not know the man. And a little later, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, surely you too are one of them for the way you talk gives you away. Then he began to curse and swear. I do not know the man. And immediately a cock crowed. And Peter remembered the words which Jesus had said. You know, folks, I want to ask you a question this morning. What happened to Peter? What happened to Peter? I mean, you think about it this morning. He did what he said he would never do. He said, Jesus, I'll go all the way with you. I'm your greatest fan. What happened? He did what he said he would never do. Mark records it this way in Mark 14, 71. He says he began to curse and swear. I do not know this man you're talking about. You see, Peter himself, he invoked a curse. And, and, and you'll see that by stating he never knew Jesus. Actually, what Peter was doing, he was cursing Jesus. I don't know him. And I want to ask you, have you ever said, I would never do that? I would never do that. You know, Jer the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10 says this, The heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give each man according to his ways, according to the results of his deeds. You know, folks, I have found this to be true. What we believe about ourselves and what is true about ourselves 
are often two different things. Sometimes we are not living up to the calling that God has extended to us. Matter of fact, over 80% of Americans think they're better looking than the average person. (laughs) And you know that's statistically impossible. Some of you men here today think that you're better looking than me. (laughs) I agree with you. (laughs) 93% of drivers think they're good drivers. 93%, that's awful high, isn't it? I mean, I remember being in Nashville on the high-speed lane. You know, in Nashville, you kind of can't, you got to keep up with the traffic, right? You ever been through Atlanta? (laughs) You don't keep up with the traffic, you get ran over. I'm running the high-speed lane, and there's this older gentleman in a Toyota Prius. (laughs) I wasn't going fast enough for him. So he wanted to come around me. And he come around, and he didn't have it. He gave a signal. He just started getting over. And I was, I was, I was on fire. <laughs> Look at this guy. What's he doing? You know, and my wife checked me right quick. <laughs> Thankful to the Holy Spirit. Uh, but, you know, it's in those moments when we really figure out who we are. You see, deep down inside of us, God wants to do a deeper work. It's not just, you know, we got to be open and tender to that. You know, another survey was done. 2,000 Americans were surveyed and they were asked what they would do for $10 million. Listen to this. 25% said that they would abandon their families. 20% said they'd become a prostitute for a week. 7% said they would kill a stranger. I mean, you know, this research is, you know, we could go on and on, but, you know, times have not changed. You know, the heart, as we find, Jeremiah says, the heart, uh, the King James says, it's deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The heart of man is bent towards sin. And, and folks, God wants to, uh, wants to bring about transformation in us. And you know, we can relate to Peter. You know, I'll go with you all the way. I mean, what do you do when you've done something you said you'd never do? And, and what's your response to that when you're confronted about it? You see, what, what do we do? And, you know, the focus of our text this morning is found there in, uh, in John 21. And it says, so when they had finished breakfast, I mean, the scene here is John, we find that Peter and John and the disciples, you know, when Jesus was crucified, they went back to fishing. They went back to what was familiar to them and, and they had to have a livelihood. So they went back to fishing. But here they are, they're out in the boat, they're fishing. And then all of a sudden, you know, it, they fished all night, didn't catch a thing. And here they are, they see this man over there on the shore. He's got a fire going, he's, he's cooking something. And he hollers at them, hey, you got any fish? No, we didn't catch a thing. Cast your net on the right side. Psh. Have you ever fished all night and caught nothing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and then somebody says, cast over here. 
But listen, when he cast the net in, they caught so many fish. Scripture says they caught 153. And here they, they couldn't even drag the nets in. And, and then John said, hey, it's Jesus. And Peter, he throws his outer cloak back on and he jumps in the water and he swims to shore. And he's there with Jesus. You've got to remember, he's the one who denied Jesus three times. Here he is. He's running back to Jesus. He's wanting to get close to Jesus. He's wanting that encounter with Jesus. And we find as he gets there on the shore, Jesus, we find there in, in um, John 21, verse 15, this is when they had sit down and they had breakfast together, brought some fish, threw it on the fire. And then we pick up in our text, it says, so when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, shepherd my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. You know, we find here this morning... In this conversation, this dialogue here, some very important truths. Peter, do you love me more than these? I believe he's talking about, he's talking about the disciples. Do you love me than, more than these, these men here? Do you love me more than this fishing boat over here? Do you, do you really love me this morning? Do you love me more than these you see, as Christians, I, I'm afraid that most of us, you know, we kind of think of God as one-dimensional. We see Him in, in the predominant attributes of grace, mercy, and love, and we just kind of throw God's justice out the window. But I'm here to tell you this morning, one day we're all going to stand before God. We're going to give account for our lives. And I'm thankful this morning for grace, mercy, and love. But the profound truth is, is that one day God's wrath is going to be poured out. We, we, we make a choice every day. And, and oftentimes we, we just throw ourselves on the grace, mercy, and love of God and we forget the justice of God. You know, it's kind of like when Jesus was with the woman at the well in John chapter 4. We find that Jesus confronted her about her life and, and Jesus said to her, he said, go get your husband. And she responds, I don't have a husband. And Jesus acknowledges this truth and he tells her that's true. And in fact, you've had five husbands and the one you're with now is not your husband. You see, Jesus never turns a blind eye to sin. He never turns a blind eye to sin. The Bible says we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We're all in need. You know, when we're born into this world, we're born in wrath. We are, you know, you see in a little kid how, how uh, self-centered they are. You know, I like to take the word sin and write uh, little S, capital I, little N, because I, it's all about me. Sin is all about me. It's what I want. It's what I desire. It's what, what pleases me. It's self-gratifying. 
And I'm thankful this morning to know that when Jesus went to the cross, that he provided grace for me. But you see, the reality is, is God doesn't want us to continue to live in sin, that grace may abound in Romans chapter 6. He says we are to be a pursuer of his heart. We're not to live in that. And, and you see, God doesn't wink or turn a blind eye to sin. God wants to break the power of sin. And we find, uh, Paul writes, may it never be so. He says, how shall we who died to sin live in it? Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ's death have been baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him. You see, when God forgives us, praise his name, aren't you glad for grace? That sin is buried. You know, when, when, you, when you are baptized, the old life, and then when you go down, it represents death. The dying to sin. And then you're raised to new life by the power of God. Praise His name. Aren't you grateful today to know that you're raised by the power of God to new life? And, and Jesus is calling you and I to walk in the newness of life. And we find here in this conversation, uh, you know, Paul, we find if sin is no big deal, first of all this morning, if sin is no big deal, then the love of God is no big deal to you. Because all you're doing is just trampling all over the grace of God. God wants to take care of the sin problem in our lives. And he does through the cross. And folks, we need to understand that this conversation here between uh, Jesus and Peter, Jesus says, Peter, do you agape me? You got to go back to the original, to the Greek language to really understand what's going on here. He says, do you agape me? You know, the word agape there, it's, a, it's, it's, it's the word for love. It's a deep, committed love. It's an unconditional love. It's, it's the greatest love. It's the love that God offers you and I. It's the agape love. But Peter's response, you see, Jesus is asking Peter this, am I the object of your highest affection? Do you love me more than these? Peter's response, yes, Lord, you know that I phileo you. <laughs> you see, in the English language, you can't get this. The, the phileo is... I love you like a brother. So you, I had someone call me one time when I was pastoring, and they said, uh, hey, uh, Pastor Steve, could you, could you loan me $5,000? I'm thinking, <laughs> You see, I phileo you. <laughs> You're not family. <laughs> you are family, but, you know, I don't agape. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> But $5,000, I don't know you very well. And you want me to say, here's $5,000. You see, this word here, we find in the Scriptures, Peter's response, phileo, this is a brotherly love. You know that I care about you. When Jesus is saying, hey, I love you unconditionally, uh, no, it doesn't matter where you've been or what you've gone through. You know, uh, so Jesus said, Peter... So his response is, Peter, do you agape me? Peter's response, you know that I phileo you. You see, as 
There wasn't that single-mindedness. There wasn't that agape love there. And, and, I, and I'm afraid that even in, in our lives, that's kind of where we end up sometimes. Jesus, I don't agape you. I phileo you. You see, John chapter 21, verse 17, it says, he said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. You see, our love for Jesus is important. We've got to go deeper. We, we've got to remove the things in our lives that, uh, that hinder us. You know, we've got to come to that place. You know, I, I find here in the Scriptures that what's happening here is Peter is being forced to own his own failure. You've got to remember, he denied Jesus three times, and here Jesus is, he's asking him, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And you see, it's through the guilt that we are brought to godly sorrow. You see, God, through the Holy Spirit, deals with us. He, he convicts us. You know, the Bible says that if the Son be lifted up, He'll draw all men unto Himself. And, and it's by the conviction of the Holy Spirit in us that He speaks into our lives. And Second Corinthians 7.10, it says this, For the sorrow that is according to the will of God produces a repentance without regret, leading to salvation. But the sorrow of the world produces death. You see, godly grief this morning responds this way. I embrace it. I embrace it. I admit it. And I own it. You see, we bought into the lies in our society and we see it today, even how we're teaching our kids and, and, and you know, some of our parents today, it's your responsibility to train your children up. It's not the school system. And we've got to teach our kids when they do something wrong, you've got to teach them to own it. <laughs> to own up to it. To, you know, I remember as a child being disciplined, my dad would tell me, he'd say, now what did you do? You know what you did. Now tell me. I did. You own it. It's confession. And by confessing, you know, godly grief responds that way. I embrace it. I admit it. I own it. Worldly grief is all about I deny it. I will deflect it. I will run away from it. And I'm telling you, it'll catch up with you sooner or later. You can run all you want, but God's running after you. He's pursuing you. He's seeking you. And he loves you this morning. You know, the Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that through Him we might be saved. It's through Jesus this morning. And folks, you know, we find in, in Acts 3.19, the Scripture says, Repent therefore and turn back, that your sins may be blotted out, that the times of refreshing may come from the Lord. You see, what Jesus is doing here is you bring all this in. Jesus is saying, yes, Peter, you have failed me, but I'm restoring you because I love you this morning. And do you love me? Do you love me? You see, Jesus 
Jesus is calling you and I to a renewed love. You know, when I think about, you know, Peter, he's constantly, you know, he's concerned about the others in the closing portion of that scripture. And, and you know, Jesus shares with him how uh, his, what his future holds for him. Uh, you'll find in the scriptures there in verse 18, it says, truly I say to you, when you were younger, you used to gird yourself and walk wherever you wish. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will gird you and bring you where you do not wish to go. And you'll note that he says, follow me. You see, folks, we can't allow our focus to get off of Jesus. You've got to keep your focus on him. Keep pursuing him. You know, historians tell us that Peter ended up where he didn't want to go. <laughs> he ended up in prison for the sake of the gospel. He followed Jesus. As a matter of fact, history tells us that he was crucified. But he wasn't worthy to be crucified upright. So he was crucified upside down. And you know, church... Peter's commanded to simply follow Jesus. And I'm reminded of this quote in closing. One has said, it's not so much in how you start the journey of faith as it is how you finish. So finish well. And if you're here this morning and you don't know Christ, I want you to know this morning that, that you know, our heart's desire should be to agape Jesus. To love Jesus. And to bring all this home, you know, if God only used perfect people, I, I've come to the realization that nothing would ever get done. <laughs> and second of all, we must own up to our sin through confession and repentance. You got to own it. You can't go through life living and doing the same things. You've got to allow God to transform you. And you know, when we do, we become candidates of grace and forgiveness. Praise His name. And Jesus is asking you and I this morning, do you agape me? Do you agape me? Because as Jesus says, I love you. I love you so much that I died for you. I died for you. Do you love me? Let's pray this morning. I'd like to invite our worship team to come. But I want to ask you this morning, if you're If your journey with Jesus is not what it should be this morning, maybe you just need to rededicate your life. Maybe you need a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit in your life. Maybe you just need to recommit yourself this morning and say, Jesus, I love you. Thank you for dying for me. If you're here this morning, you don't know Christ. And those of you that are home this morning, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to pray a prayer with you this morning. You know, the Bible says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And today can be new beginnings. 
Father, we, as we come before you now, we confess our own individual need to you. Lord, we want to own it. And Lord, we're so grateful this morning to know that you love us. You love us so much that you gave your life for us to redeem us. And Lord, this morning I pray your grace over everyone here. But may we need some personal time with you, Jesus, and just draw up close to you and allow your love to rekindle us. And Lord, I pray this morning that you would that would you would just give us a fresh touch from heaven. And Lord, we love you and we give you praise. And we anticipate what you're going to do. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen.